Welcome to Crushing 40 with your host, Kimberly Love, focusing on women, dating, relationships, empowerment, and more, only on Impact Radio USA. Welcome to Crushing 40 on Impact Radio USA. I'm your host, Kimberly Love, author of You Taste Like Whiskey and Sunshine. On the show today, we have Jen Drakes. She's a single mother of four, a serial entrepreneur, and author of Aladdin Carpets. She works with individuals and businesses on their overall fitness, self-worth, growth, and strategy to make sure that you are a success in your life. So welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you very much. It's um, it's an honor being here, and I'm really excited about this. Oh, <laughs> so great. looking forward to it, Kim. Thank you for oh, having absolutely. me. Absolutely. I'm so happy that you're here. Now, one of the things that we like to start the show off with is a journey story. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself before you became this person and why you decided to go into this line of work? Well, for, for me, I had a lot of struggles um, when I was um, a young child, um, and I'm not going to go all the way back. I just wanted to, to kind of um, set that tone that the struggles came um, from a very young age for a number, you know, from my, my father was not that um, dedicated father. Um, he was abusive. Um, there was a number of things going on. My grandmother had issues with um, the color of my skin. Um, so there were a number of things going on, but the reason I mentioned that is because it started me being a very deep thinker. And because we were very much um, church going family, uh, you know, we went to church um, for a part of my life twice um, on Sundays and every Sunday after that went to Sunday school, confirmation, the whole, you know, church journey. And in many of the times when they brought the Sunday school kids up to the uh, main church and we in order to listen to the sermons, I was torn then because I couldn't understand how a God that supposedly loved us so much um, would it introduce, you know, a, a certain degree of suffering and things that just didn't make sense. So that started my journey of really deep reflection. And the way I put it in the book is, unbeknownst to me at, at the time as I grew, what I came to realize was I knew myself really, really well. And not everyone I found around me had that same um, depth of, okay. of self-awareness. Of self um, in high school, you know, my mom had no problems with me in high school. I would um, just look around and see all the different things going on with the other kids around. And I became a bit of an advisor even then, listening to their problems and how they should look at it and how they should approach it. And it just really started that journey. And one of the early lessons that really got instilled in me is that 
the only way I'm going to move ahead and the only way I'm going to get something is by working for it myself. Meaning nothing was handed to me on a platter. It wasn't going to be ever handed to me on a platter. I would have to work for everything that I wanted. And, and so I never really complained about anything. I just, if I, you know, anything I wanted, I got on my thing and I and it became where I was became very action oriented as a result of that. And eventually I got into where I my own business, I um grew that business and then one day it was an epiphany that happened to me. I was driving um from a client and I always say this story on the 401 <laughs> in Canada and I really started to realize I needed to make a change. What I was doing, I could do with my eyes closed and it was no longer fulfilling. I was helping others grow their career. I was helping others grow, but I myself was no longer growing. I had become somewhat stagnated. And I had to really think about why that was. Why at this point in my life did I not feel fulfilled? And where it has landed me is that, and where I arrived at was a major pivot out of corporate America and into um, this, you know, call it what you want, content creator, personal branding, life strategist, um, business advisory, but more so, I came to realize I was blessed with two gifts. I was blessed with the ability to speak and I was blessed with the ability to write. And I had been a closet writer my whole life. I wrote, I wrote poetry, I wrote stories, I wrote, people told me how you know wonderful my stories were. But because I didn't lack the confidence mm -hmm. to go along with it, I hid them away. And in this, you know, more mature stage of my life, I wasn't prepared to do that anymore. And my children had a lot to do with that because I, my eldest daughter became a writer and I've had passed my stories and poetry to her. And, she, you know, she was in the publishing and all of that. And I said, you know, go ahead. If you can do something with this to help your own, you know, growth, go ahead. And she held them and she brought them back to me and she said, these are really good. Wow. And I think that you need to put yourself behind them and move forward from there. And that's when I really stopped and looked at it and realized that what was holding me back from accepting that was fear. I was fear. I was fearful of what people would think. And even in publishing my book, I cannot tell people how much of a mindset shift it is to go social, to go put a book out and wait for, and be just open and vulnerable to what people will, how people will receive it. And these are all things our mind plays on us. And so I wanted to help people, especially the young people. Uh, I have such a grave attention to the young adults on what can I give them that stops them from discovering these things in their later years? How can I get them on the right path that they can really take advantage of their youth and their young 
days to really make massive impact rather than wait till you, you know, you get a certain age and then you realize, hmm, right. it's time to make a pivot because it's not easy at a certain age to make those types of pivot. And, you know, that's a long, somewhat long-winded way of answering your question, but that really <laughs> is my that journey. <laughs> That was great. So, I mean, so let's talk a little bit about Aladdin Carpets. What made you decide to write this and who should be reading it? Aladdin Carpets are is for people, it's for anyone actually, any age. And would you believe it, Kim, that the, the people that I find are hanging on to that book, walking with it, making it dog ear, revisiting it are males. Oh, really? Isn't that... <laughs> Why do you think that is? I I haven't been I haven't been able to put my finger on it, but I am they have given me some of my biggest um commentary back. And they mm-hmm. say it's like having a conversation and what what one told me is that what they find refreshing about the book is I'm not in the usual self-help books, they say. This is not me, so I don't want anybody writing you going, you know, who told her that? Um, but this is the feedback I've gotten from the males, is that in typical self-help books, they they present things that you have to do it this way. And they say the way my book is, is, is um, written, it's like having a conversation and, a ref- and enables you to self-reflect. Nowhere in the book am I saying you have to do it this way. I'm saying, look at your life. What are the pieces that you're ignoring? What are the routines that you're going through that are not working for you? Here's my snippets of my own life in which I think, but I don't prescribe that anybody has to do it, right? I, I say, change your mind, right? Develop the tapestry that is you. Feel comfortable in putting yourself first. Mm. So Aladdin carpets are for those people that are, you know, just focused on everybody else and do not give merit to themselves. Don't give themselves 10 minutes a day. Don't give themselves two hours a day. And so they're losing who they are. Aladdin carpets are for those people that are just going, going, going and putting everyone first and nothing gets returned back for themselves. And then at some point, I know they will feel lost. <laughs> you know. I love you, that. So you have to, you have to put, and I, I want people to understand that it is not about being selfish. It's about loving yourself enough to say you are worth something mm-hmm. and defining what that worth is and going after it with such gumption that you blow people away because you start to achieve. And in that achievement, you get the accolades that you're probably looking for, but not getting because you did not do it that way. Wow. I love that. And one of the things that I found interesting was for one of the concepts in the book is stuff harbored inside that eventually sabotages. And I mean, I've talked about self-sabotaging a lot on my show because I experienced it when I was younger and it really had a destructive pattern in my life. So mm-hmm. I like talking about it. So let's let's dive into this concept that you're visiting. 
Well, stuff harbored inside that eventually sabotages or we bury um, we bury the things, especially, you know, and that's why I mentioned my young age, not because I'm not over it. It's just it it defined who I am today. And right. I am f forever grateful for those hardships now. I get it. You know what I mean? I didn't get it as a child, but I get it now. Um, and what ends up happening is you end up burying these things. These things start to define your reactions to things, your your ability to trust, your ability to to be truly adventurous, you know, your ability to give of yourself. Um, and sometimes it even taints your authenticity. And it, they get so buried in. The younger it is, the more it gets buried. And we have to go through that whole journey of self-awareness, self-reflection. Define who you are and stand by who you are. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Right? Don't let anybody tell you who you are. And just to give an, a, a, an example of what I mean by that, I happen to look very much like my father's side of the family. And my father, I cannot say, um, was a great father. <laughs> mm. In fact, I don't really, you know, I don't really acknowledge him and I call him a dad because for me, the father is, the, you know, is, is the higher being that yeah. is truly uplifting you. And the, and the dads or someone like uh, my dad is just there, you know, um, donated what they had to donate, but really didn't embrace that that um, that fatherly role. So you start, but you have these remnants of crap. And that's why I use, you know, that acronym shites, right? You have right. this crap that is there. And we bury it, but it affects us. It affects us and it comes out and we get start to hand it down from one generation to the next. So you have your kids and you're handing your shites to your kids, right? They don't know why, but then they brought up and they've got issues and they don't know why because you've got it three generations back. You know, it starts to hand. So the way I look at the way I look at life and why my brand has the tree, um, you know, in that yoga pose um, coming out is because I look at everything we do as a new branch growing. Our children are branches of our tree. And if you give the tree no pesticides, you know, you give it all the good things, then it grows good branches. It grows great leaves. It grow, you know, it just things. So, Clean up your what what shites mean and the stuff harbored inside is to own it. You didn't control what you were handed as a child, but at eighteen and onward, it's your it's now your life. So that's, that's stop blaming people. It was the the card you were handed. We are all handed something. There isn't a perfect family. It's all dysfunctional in some level, some way, some more than others, obviously. But own your shites and clean them up so you're not passing it on. So it's not marring your progress in your journey. And you can truly look in the mirror, love the person looking back at you and say, you know what? This is who I am. Here's the good. Here's the bad. Here's the ugly. Here's what I want to change. I will change that. Here's what I don't want to change. I know it's not the greatest thing, but I'm not going to change it. I can accept that. 
And when you get like that, you get into that exponential ascension type of living that takes you to just new levels of growth, new levels of opportunity, new levels of prosperity. And someone else isn't defining who you are. You are defining who you are. Absolutely. I love that so much. And now when I came into contact with you and, and started researching your content, you have something called you are worth more nurturing center. Is that something that's already up and running or are you still working on it? What's this all about? It is, it is um, developing. We've already started to put out, start to put out content, but it's, it's still, you know, in, in the developing thing. But at the end of the day, that is what um, is behind um, Jen Drake's is the You Are Worth More Nurturing Center, where we will have courses, um, course offerings, um, merchandise offerings, health and wellness offerings, and all of that. We've started to, um, and we handpick the health and wellness products. We really, really handpick the products because we want, you know, anything that has my name on it, I wish it to be off, you know, truly, truly something that I have seen work. And it's not just a sales pitch, right? Um, mm -hmm. You can, I can stand behind the things I put out. The the courses I write, I um, and I do the courses, and that is all about, like for example, one of them that we have is self sabotaging behavior, um, and how to you know curb the self sabotaging behavior, how to recognize it, um, suggest you know what how it plays out and then how to attack it and start to put things in place. The book, uh, the Aladdin Carpets book, after each chapter, has what we call spinning to action um, checklist that you can go through and start working through with each chapter, your own shites, your own development, and go from there. It's more like a do-it-yourself, but then we are building in the, in the You Are Worth More Nurturing Center we're building out the Aladdin Carpets course if you then need support and things of that nature. So it's a whole encompassing and, and my brand sits on that whole you are worth more because we really are. And many times we we just, you know, we give ourselves this, we short ourselves, right, mm -hmm. on what we can. And, um, you know, and it's all too about your whole environment and who you associate with and you know, just put naysayers. Sometimes we got to learn to let go. I was in a, I was in a session and I remember someone saying, saying to me, um, you know, I, I have, I have a friend and I'm going, you know, they, they never, ever, I'm really worried about me pivoting because I, I know what my, this, my friend is going to say. And I said nothing. I listened and they noticed I was quiet and they said, yeah, you know, why are you silent? I said, because in all honesty, someone that isn't, is doing that to me, I cannot consider a friend. And sometimes we need to know when to, when to let go. And letting go doesn't mean you don't ever speak to the person again, right? People tend to think mm -hmm. it's this, you know, black and white cut off. No, it's limiting that type of negative vibe, right? Um, so that you can grow, so that you have the type of energy that allows, that beats with your own rhythm, because we all have our rhythms, that beats with your rhythm, but beats in a way that elevates, not pull you back. 
And um, and I said, why would you, why do you feel that obligated to even speak to this person about what you're doing? And she couldn't answer the question, right? Because that's our typical. Our typical is to, we, we put, there's a fair piece in our mind and then we associate it with people who, in you know, confirm that fear and then it stops us doing something. So all these things we have to start to understand the dots and how they connect and where do I, you know, where do I stop a dot from connecting because it's not serving me well? And how do we make some of those tough decisions in our lives, right? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. I think that that's, uh, I mean, these things are important for, for, for growth for everybody, I think. Absolutely. Right. And you and you get what you what you give out. I mean, we teach people how to treat us. Yes. So I agree with that. Absolutely. So if if you have someone that is constantly um, putting you down, then. You are teaching them to do that. And it's not that person's fault because you taught them that. You know, I, my eldest, she, when she was in high school, she had a friend and, and we came to learn that the friend would call her the SLUT word as a, and, and say it's a joke. Yes. And she couldn't believe my reaction when I found out. And she's like, oh, but they, it's a joke. No, no, that's, that's nothing joke. That's nothing to laugh about. I'm sorry. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I had to give her that lesson on you teach people how to treat you. You accept it. That is not their fault. That's your fault. Or do you feel that you're such a thing? No. Then why accept it? So it was a pivotal lesson for her at a teenage year to kind of say, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't like when you do it. Can you not do it? And feel comfortable actually saying that, right? Feel comfortable having that discussion. And it ended when she had the discussion. So it showed her that you can be empowered to have a voice. You can be empowered to set those standards on how people treat you. But it Absolutely. starts with you. Notice where it starts. It starts with you. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And you're not only working with individuals, but you're also working with businesses. So what does it mean when you say, you know, you're working with a business and you're structuring for growth? Well, that can be in business. It comes at, at um, many different um, levels, but I'll I'll start with um, first of all the people piece of it. Okay. Um, one of the one of my um, speaking platforms and everything is about people innovation. I have a background in technology, so I'm very versed in technology innovation. But I feel that we're at a time in where we've put technology innovation ahead of people innovation. Mm. And what I, you know, so when I say that, people kind of lean their head because the concept of actually innovating a person or innovating ourselves is not readily in the mainstream, but it's a key piece. So when I go to certain things, and maybe you can relate to this, Kim, because I've had many experiences, and certainly it's becoming more and more, um, more and more so than before. It was rarer in the past. It's becoming more regular right now. Is where you go and something doesn't make sense. And you say to them, this makes no sense. I would like, you need to look at X, Y, and Z. And they say, well, the system 
um, it's that's just the way it is. And you go, but it makes no sense. And, and they go, right. well, that's how the system works. Then you have a stupid system. <laughs> and they look at you and you and you go, don't you think that if it makes no sense, you should be somehow be able to put that forth in the company that what they're doing is now making the system control the humans. <laughs> because it makes, it's really not le leveled in common sense. And you have a bad developed system. <laughs> now, I could say that because I'm a sis I come from the systems world, right? And mm -hmm. but we accept that. And or they'll say something like, well, nobody else complained. Okay, what does that have to do with me? <laughs> right? <laughs> what is that? Okay, that that's great. Nobody else complained, but I'm telling you, it makes no sense. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm not doing it that way. So can I speak to somebody <laughs> who's gonna talk to me like a human being, right? right? My whole point of this is we're now we've innovated technology so much that we have become the slaves of technology. Now, could you imagine if we innovated people? <laughs> Just right. pause for a minute and think about that. Yeah, it's so true. It's so Isn't true. it true? We talk about critical thinking. We talk about all of these things. To build that and build systems supporting us <laughs> is what people innovation is all about. Build us and have the system support the people in the way it was meant to be, not have the, the technology supersede the people. Exactly, absolutely. Right? So we're in this midst of really um, a pivotal point in our, in our um, evolution in which we have some fundamental decisions to make. And I think this whole COVID thing has raised that conscious. It's like nature has, yeah. has come around and said enough, right? You oh yes, I truly believe that we've we've kind of moved into a great awakening. Yes, exactly. Right. So, if nature is protesting, when do we protest? <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I love it so much. Yeah. The very universe is protesting. Why? When do we protest? Okay. So. It, it is that type of, it's that type. So when we go back to the question you asked about business, I start at people. The first thing I, I try to get businesses to understand, you need people to grow. <laughs> if you're a business owner doing everything, putting on every hat, running around, working 120 hours a week, you are not working in your own interest. A business needs people to grow. Okay, so let's start with that basic concept. So now, if you get people to grow, they are your number one asset. They are the number one assets. How do we treat our assets? How do we treat our money? How do we treat our jewelry? How do we treat, you know, our real estate? How do we treat all the things we currently consider to be assets? We hold them dear. <laughs> yes. So if, if a company starts to think of, as pe of people and their employees and their workers as assets, the treatment they put against those assets should merit the same treatment they put against any other asset. But if we start, continue to think of the employees as expenses, they never get necessarily that treatment, right? It, it creates a different mindset. So even going back to Aladdin Carpets, one of the, the subtitles for the Aladdin Carpets is change your perspective to change your life. And that can be applied in business. Change your perspective from something as simple as looking at your employees as assets rather than expenses 
If you start to look at them as assets, you will know the value each employee brings to your organization. And that value that they bring to the organization will offset the expense they cost the organization to have them. All of a sudden, with just that change of thinking, you are having a completely different relationship with your employees. Right? You are no longer coming and sit in front of me once a year and tell me why I should give you a raise or why I sh you know, right. we should keep. Or you're now coming and having this conversation. Kim, you have the value you have to our organization is X. And when we look at the expense, it's Y. So where, how would you like to extend the value even more? Would you be interested in extending the value you have on our organization? Because in extending the value, then we can look at compensation that is appropriate to you or, you know, titles that are appropriate. And like, it's a whole different conversation. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I just love the, uh, the human aspect of what you're saying. Because like you said, I think I totally agree that things have gone more towards technology than they should. And sometimes the employees get forgotten. Absolutely. As businesses try to grow. Right. And then, of course, as you start to look at it from that, you start to leverage your employees differently as well. And depending on their their what their roles are and the focus they are, you can start for them because they touch that on a day to day basis. So they are better able to tell you now, how does that area of the business, how do I foster that? Right? Absolutely. How do, how do I foster that area of the business you're now responsible or that you work in? Where are you seeing the issues? What are we not doing right? And from there, you start to create efficiencies in the business. And you start to then expand the business, whether it's in sales, whether, you know, it's in better product, whatever it is. But it starts in my mind, and, you know, it starts with reframing the people part of your organization that are the main assets of your organization, changing the conversation, and empowering them to empower your organization to move forward. Oh, I think that's so powerful. Where can uh, listeners find you, Jen? They can find me on email at jen at youareworthmore.co. I, I want to make sure, not .com, .co. So jen, with two N's, J-E-N-N, at youareworthmore.co. I am also on LinkedIn. I am on Facebook. And I am on Instagram as well. Uh, is there a website that they can find your your upcoming courses? They um, I'm on Tap Bio Tap Bio um, Jen Drakes is uh, um, so Tap Bio um, forward slash Jen Drakes. I am building out the website right now because I moved. Um, I grew without having to put up a website. So when okay. you see some people on the on social media saying you can grow without a website, I'm proof that you can. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm now building out um, the website and all of that for for all of that. Um, so we, you know, that will come over time. I'm not necessarily fo following the cookie cutter approach to growth either. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, I think that you have a, a very powerful message and I'm, I'm love that message that you're sending out to the world. So I thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. It was wonderful. And um, you have a great day as well. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Crushing 40 with Kimberly Love. Join us next week right here for Crushing 40 on Impact Radio USA. And